Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out, it's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to another episode of Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein, I am a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a bin man, and I love films. I agree with Sigmund Freud when he said... One day, in retrospect, the years of struggle will strike you as the most beautiful, which is why The Shawshank Redemption is a lot of people's favourite film. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, and then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Future guests include Ashling B, Nick Helm and Stuart Goldsmith, and loads more, but for episode 7, we have the brilliant, the wonderful, the amazing Kerry Godleyman. If you don't know Kerry... I don't know what's wrong with you. She's one of the greatest stand-ups working today. She's a brilliant writer and she's an amazing actor. And we played a couple together in Ricky Gervais's Derek. Uh, In this episode, we do mention quite a lot her real-life husband, Ben, who I happen to love maybe even more than I love her. So look out for mentions of him. I'm recording this episode from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. By the time you're hearing this, I've probably only got three shows left, but if you haven't seen it and you are up in Edinburgh and you're listening to this, then get a ticket to What Is Love, Baby Don't Hurt Me at 7pm, The Pleasance Courtyard. A couple of brief warnings. Yes, we do swear sometimes, so if you don't like that, skip that. If we talk about a film you haven't heard of, we might spoil it a bit, but I don't think so, but we might do a bit, so skip that a bit. And we probably also touch lightly on some dark subjects, so if you don't like that, skip that a bit. But don't keep skipping, for God's sakes, just try to enjoy the thing. Anyway, it's now time for the episode. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did recording it. Here you are. Enjoy. I'll see you afterwards. It is now episode seven of Films to be Buried With. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Okay. okay. You should have worn black. Okay. So. You seem so far away. I know. It's weird, isn't it? It's a bit weird, but like, we've we just got to pretend it's... I mean, it's all weird. The whole contrivance of po- podcasts is weird. Oh, the fact that we can only hang out if we do a podcast. Totally strange. Anyway, I just, I'm the same with my family. I like, if they bite around for Sunday lunch, I go, what's the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and I only listen to you on a podcast. Yeah, no. So I'm like, oh, I'll catch up with my comedian friends. I don't think I've spoken to Stuart Goldsmith in 10 years, but I I feel like I do all the time because I listen to his And then when you do, and if you ever do again, you'll just feel that you have to cry around him and tell him if you're happy. (laughs) I have have told him. He he keeps asking me to do a show and I say, people don't need to hear me cry. Um, I think the world needs that. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hello. And welcome to Feels to be Married With. My name is uh, Brett. And I am here with a very special guest, hugely special, incredible that she's even in my house. She is an actor. She is a comedian. She is a writer. She is a radio star. She is a TV star. And she is also technically my wife. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Kerry Godliman. Hello. It's weird, isn't it, when someone... Mm-hmm. Describes your work life. Yeah, I love doing it. It really freaks me out. Well, looking you in the eyeball. Just to be clear, Carrie isn't legally my wife. No, no. Like on a television program, yes. that's not real, is it? In the TV show, Derek. We yeah, we've got some lovely wedding photos. Our wedding album is, I believe, better than your actual wedding album. I think. Well, it's definitely a higher quality, right. better budget. But <laughs> unfortunately, my wedding dress has got a hole cut in the pregnancy bump. With um, oh, yeah. what did it say on it? Just married or let's have a. There's but a baby in here. There's a baby in the Something bride. like that. So that kind of spoiled the look. There's a baby in the bride. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, shotgun wedding. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's really lovely to see you. And you, Brett. I mean, we yeah. were just saying we don't see, people don't see each other now. Well, we had the honeymoon and then uh, we went. I haven't oh, seen you since unless it's in the form of a podcast. <laughs> That's okay. modern life though, isn't it? That is modern life. Friendship doesn't exist anymore. It's social media or podcasts. Yeah. And we just only communicate through a series of bullet pointed favourite cultural <laughs> things. And just general exposition. Like, are you okay? Are you ill? Are you in crisis? Okay, no, bye. And that. You love a bullet point, though. I love a bullet point. But I also like friendship and, you know. You like nuance occasionally. I like nuance. Yeah. I'm not sure we're going to get any with this because this is bullet pointed. This is a bullet pointed odyssey we're about no, to No, we're hopefully through. going to find all the nuance within the bullet pointed. Qu- the well, question is a bullet point, but the nuance is all down to... The journey we take together. Yes, it's the journey, not the destination. That's what we've discussed. That's what Aerosmith told us. Oh, did they? And I think they were right. Oh. I mean, this is the other problem is you feel yeah. like you're performing, but you're, but you're not performing. You're, you're not having performing. a conversation. This is supposed to sort of be like two people chatting about film in a pub. So yeah. it's the contrivance of an artificial conversation, but it should have the feeling of a natural conversation. Do you need a drink? Is this... No, no, I've got a cup of tea. It doesn't okay. have to be a pub. Are you implying I've got a drink problem? <laughs> it doesn't have to be a pub, but it has to be... We're, we're pretending that this is like a social exchange when, yeah. in fact, it's a performance. Well, except it is a social exchange because it's really... We have been... We have, we've had chats about films. It's not unlike 
I think we go and do gigs together. Yeah, it's we like a green room chat. We have a lovely time together and then occasionally we have to like pop off and do a bit. Yeah, yeah. We do a bit as in the thing that we're being paid to do, the comedy bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do a bit and then we can hang out some more. Yes, exactly. But then if someone recorded a normal conversation, you'd go, oh, got to keep it snappy, you know. Yeah. That's but the contrivance then I bit. suppose we could edit it if, if either of us... Oh, yes. There's that's different... the other beauty You said it. you've got someone, you, you edit them. There's yes, a, I suppose. There's a man called, called Buddy Peace, and Great if name. I were to say to him, Kerry wants us to cut something, maybe... Cut out the fact, shit. In fact, get Buddy in my life more often. Just yeah, Buddy, really cut out the chafe, out. mate. Sometimes it's offensive. I listen back to the podcast and go, oh, you thought that was boring, did you? <laughs> 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 oh, that's gone, is it? Yeah, okay. that was the goal. Okay. So, Kerry Godlyman. Yes. I'm a huge fan, as you know. Uh, I saw you... First time I saw you do stand-up, you were heavily pregnant. Heavily pregnant, yeah. You did it before Ali Wong. Uh, yeah, man, but I didn't get a Netflix special. You didn't do it whilst being videoed. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. I like to have natural friendships without recording it. Yeah. I like to do stand-up that isn't necessarily on a special. You're very old school. I'm really old school. <laughs> but I remember watching you do stand-up and I thought, one day I want to be... Uh, on a podcast with her. On a podcast with her. And, th- and today that dream has come true. Yes, which um, is better than friendship. It's much more important. It lasts longer because the podcast will forever on the internet. One day we'll be dead, but this will still be on iTunes somewhere in a vault. Now, are you a film person? Do you like films? I do like to think I am, Mm. but that might not necessarily be the same thing as being a film person. But I do love film. Right. I like film more than like TV sometimes because it's shorter and I don't have to commit to anything. Yeah. I can say, right, I saw that film. I get all the kind of you know, the badges and the enrichment and the cultural Like if you see, like, a foreign film, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, well done, like a right winner. But I wouldn't want to sit through, like, hours and hours and hours of it, like a box set. I don't like the commitment of telly. I like film because it's like, oh, I won't take up much of your time. It's very effective storytelling, and we move quite quickly, and then you can get on with your life. It's the bullet point of TV shows, isn't it? It really is. (laughs) It really is. Well, it predates telly, doesn't it? I like film. I like history of film. I can geek up on film. Yeah. I like... I like like watching a Mark Cousins documentary about oh, film. Yes, I can get please. lost in that world. And in many cases, it's better than the actual films. Yeah, you just want to watch... The montage of good films. The clips. Yes. The best bits. The shots that, that are like make mm. it famous. But not be burdened by the full film. Yeah. So I can like I can talk the talk with film, but I don't necessarily walk the walk. I think it took me many years to see something like Lawrence of Arabia, but it's one of them things where you think I get it, I've seen the yeah. clips, and then yeah, you yeah, hear yeah. it, but it's three hours and a bit. Long. But when I did step up to that film, which I think I did at the Pictures yeah. Cinema for the younger people, <laughs> yes, but I still the say pictures, pictures, and I love saying I like even saying going to the flicks. I like those phrases. Yeah. But I did see that, and then I was like, oh, I get it. It's brilliant. It is I, amazing. I agree. It was like, oh yeah. Believe the hype. Yeah, believe the hype. Why didn't anybody mention this was good before? (laughs) Yeah. Do you go to the cinema? Less than you. I know you go quite a lot. (laughs) I don't go as much. I mean, we might get into this. I'm going to use my children as as an excuse for a lot of shitness. And I don't go to the pictures anywhere near as much as I used to before I had kids. Isn't that the reason to have kids, to use them as an excuse for most? Yeah, I can get out out loads of shit by saying, oh, I've got kids. I've thought about it, actually, because I'm not sure if I want You can borrow my kids if you just want them as an excuse. Because it's a sort of, you can't, you can't argue with it. I can't cover no my kids. No one can argue with that. No you one. don't even have to finish the sentence. I can't cover my kids. Couldn't get I a baby. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Mm. It um, is a really good excuse. So I don't see as much film. But what's good about having kids, yes. among all other things, than <laughs> is that you can watch films with them. 
And now they're getting older, mm. I can start watching better films with them. Like now my eldest is 11, I can watch properly good films with her. Nearly, nearly really good films. Good fellas, but I don't yeah. have to sit and watch... Yeah, I can nearly watch Goodfellas with her. Although that's something we might get into because you don't go too early with scary films. Okay, let's... let's but, um, like my friend who showed her daughter the snowman when she was two and she couldn't... She didn't recover. He melted! He oh. melted! She wasn't ready for that. That's that was so horror sad. to a two-year-old, a melted yeah. mate. But... Uh, I am now not enjoying... Not that it came to life and flew at his window. That wasn't the horror bit. Yeah, but you're not too. You're approaching it from an adult brain. But for yeah. a child, she was like fully happy. Oh, a flying snowman. Great. These two yeah. are going to be friends for life. Then he melted. Mm. Melted. Your friend melted. So you can't traumatise a child. So anyway, the point being is I do have to pull back sometimes because I'd crack on straight with more grown-up films. But I am enjoying watching films with the kids and revisiting old friends. So finally, a reason to have kids. There's loads of good reasons. You can get out of things you don't want to do. Yeah, that's two. And you can enjoy film with them. That's enough, actually. I'm, I'm that's in. That's two good reasons. Who's up for it? Right. Now, oh, a terrible news. I forgot to tell you. Ah, oh, I've forgotten to Go tell on. you. And I should have told you earlier because it's bad reason to have this whole conversation. I, I didn't say it. But um, it's, it's really sad and I'm sorry. But uh, you died. Oh, so what are we doing now? What's this? A dream? A post-death dream? How did you die? Oh, I get to do that as well. Oh, this is a great game. Uh, How did I die? Am I now the age I am now, Dead? Uh, I died now. uh, I didn't get to have, like, be old. Well, you haven't seen any more films beyond today, so I guess today you died. Today I died. Today I died calmly, in a peaceful way. Really? Happy to go forward to the next plane. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, you found like probably well, found it. If I'm allowed to fantasize how I died, I might as well it make just it seems a out nice... of character. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's a game, right? Yeah, so if yeah. it's a game, okay. I died in a calm, like how George Harrison wanted to go, like in a sort of Buddhist. Hey, I didn't resist it when it was time. It was time. Did you die like um, Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi? Just yes, meditating, just meditating, ready to go, dead, ready to go. Wow, that's how I went. Like yeah, you Skywalker. did a full Skywalker. Yeah. Meditated. Because all the other ways of going are shit. Yeah. I think I've said this on his thing, but I don't believe that anyone dies in their, peacefully in their sleep. Why? I just think, well, I just think that everyone, whoever died in their sleep, the person next to them was asleep when they died. Oh, they got to And they probably up woke that. up and were like, yeah, and then died. No, because when you're really old, you'd be in a bed alone, surrounded by cushions and... I suspect you'd be alone in a bed. I don't know what the cushions have got to do with it. Because <laughs> I'm a woman, so our women outlive men, don't they? So if I get to be old, I reckon I'd outlive my life partner. So yeah. I don't know why I describe. <laughs> I don't have to do that voice to describe. Yeah. Are you ben. scared of death? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't suppose it's a party. I don't suppose it's a great thing. But I suppose the inevitability of it is something that I'm, you know, think about and try and wrestle with. Daily? Yeah, daily. It comes yeah. up daily, yeah. I mean, my son today wanted to talk about it. Really? He, yeah, I dropped him. I mean, if you've got... That's another thing. That is a downside of kids. They will want to talk about heavy shit. <laughs> so <laughs> so he today... I dropped him off at a thing, mm. and it was a three-hour thing, and he said, don't die. Can wow. you not die before you pick me up? I mean, he didn't phrase it like that, but that was the, pretty much the bottom. The, what were his words? Something here. like, oh... I, I, he said, you will pick me up, won't you? And I went, yeah. And he went... I, I said, of course I'll pick you up. Nothing would stop me from picking you up. And he went, unless you died. <gasps> And I went, well, I won't die. And then I have to make these promises that I can't fully commit yeah. to. 
Like, I won't die. I promise I won't what die. What you're basically I saying is, die. I promise for the next three hours, I'm not going to meditate myself dead. I won't meditate myself dead. And if I, yeah, I won't meditate myself dead. Okay, that's fair. That's a nice promise to make. Yeah. Um, but I'd rather not die now, because I've got quite young children that depend on me. Mm. Listen, I, I'd miss it terribly. It's, it's real oh, shame. Oh, warming, yeah. Yeah. What about uh, the afterlife? Is there one? I suspect not, but I'd love to think so. Well, good news, there is. <laughs> oh, do you have knowledge on Yeah, it? there is, and they're obsessed with films. Basically, you go to afterlife. heaven, yeah, and all they want to do is talk about your life through film. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy it. I mean, you're not that big on film, but you're going to have to... But it's got nice compensation for being dead. Yeah. Like, Com- you're comforting. dead, bad news, you're dead. Good news, there is an afterlife. And there's a screening room. <laughs> and there's a screening room, and you can talk about all your favourite films. <laughs> So the first thing they want to know is, what is the first film you remember seeing? I remember seeing uh, 101 Dalmatians when I was a kid. It will always be a Disney, I think, the, the Disney first cartoon. films. It will be yeah. a Disney cartoon. And it's either The Jungle Book, which I also would have seen when I was a kid yeah. at that age. But I remember very vividly 101 Dalmatians because I was traumatised by yeah. Cruella de Vil and had to be taken out. You went to the cinema to see it. Went to see it at the cinema. How else would I have in those days? I'm from olden times, so oh, if I was a child, it would have to be flick book or something. pre-video. We're talking pre-video. Right. Hieroglyphics? No, cinema. Pictures. <laughs> did, did your mum and dad take pictures. you? Uh, I would have thought it would be with my mum and dad, yeah. And do you have a... You've got siblings? To... Uh, my brother's six years younger than me, so I don't think he would have been involved. But film would... Like, we would have gone and seen films fairly regularly. Yeah. We've got a picture... That I drew, and it says I'm aged four, mm. and it's called Queuing for Greece, and it's queuing to see the film Greece. Right. And I don't know why I was being taken to see this at the age of four, because right. I've since watched that film, and it's got lyrics like, it's a real pussy wagon in mm. it. But I suppose it went over my head at four. So, yeah, I, so that's an early memory. So Greece. Well, it must have been. I know that I was taken out of the cinema because I was so upset with Cruella Deville, like genuinely traumatised. Right. Like inconsolably sad because she was so horrible. So you left, you didn't even find out if she... No, so that might have been a really early thing because Mm. we didn't even get through You don't even know the Dalmatians made it. I've since heard that it works out all right and she comes... You heard there was 102 Dalmatians being made and you were like, "Mm, I think they're okay. Yeah. But I do love all, and I, you know, I love all those Disney films. It's not one of the best ones, actually, is it? One Dimensions. No, but Jungle Book is. Jungle Book is. That's a great one. Was it a thing you did regular with your parents? Was it? A yeah, I think we went to the cinema fairly, fairly regularly. Yeah. And uh, where was that, may I ask? Ealing. Ealing, Ealing Broadway Cinema, which is no more. It doesn't exist anymore. Oh. They kept the facade, which is a bit odd, isn't it? Because it was listed. But they knocked down the actual cinema. Well, so it says cinema, but you go in. I think there's they just kept. There. No, they've stuck it on another building. Like yeah. they kept it because it's sort of his, hor- historical value. But uh, yeah, that would, would. Yeah, I would have thought it would either be. Oh, there was another cinema in West Ealing, which was sort of affectionately called the Flea Pit, which was a right. dump. Um, <laughs> and then I think it's now Snooker Hall, okay. if it's there at all. And was it like special to do this with yeah. your mum and dad? Yeah, you go Pizza Hut. Yeah. And then pictures. Nice. Yeah. What's the film? That uh, scared you the most. This is, well, this is what I 
the problem I have with this, Brett, yeah. is that I struggle to think of one. So what we will discover along the way is that I can't just think of one. Like if someone says, what's your favourite film? That is a panic attack for yeah. me. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I can list you <laughs> ten films I really like. Yeah. And another thing that is true is I don't re-watch films. So I can't go, oh, this has stood the test of time, because I probably haven't watched it again. I mean, a couple I have, and we'll get there with those. Is that on principle? You don't uh, no, them? just, you know, I haven't got time. To, I mean, if I'm going to have time to watch a film, I'll watch one I haven't seen before. I'm not yeah. likely to keep going back and re-watching. A few I have, okay. but that's partly out of laziness, not because I think they're amazing. It's because I bought the DVD 15 years ago, and it's in... It's in the box. Can't really to go and, and get I might a new as well. One. I mean, some of them aren't even still in the boxes. So, really, it's based on what DVDs are still in the boxes or which ones are in a Muji envelope that hasn't got lost down the back of a sofa. Right. That's basically how I decide what films to watch. Like, which disc can What's I literally here? put my hands on? And then, obviously, like most humans, I can't form an opinion with Netflix because I can lose an evening to indecision. Yeah. So, that's quite hard. Anyway, so back to your original question, which yeah. is the scariest film. Yeah. So, the ones that stand out for me, mm-hmm. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which I probably watched when I was about 11-ish, and I had to walk home from Tara Higgs' house, and I oh. really d- was shitting myself, like, appalling. Because yeah. the whole idea of a thing that gets you when you're asleep is fucks with your head, yeah. especially when you're a child. And Kruger only goes for children, so, oh, no, I'm a child, double mm. problem. And I like sleeping, so we're going to have problems. So, I got yeah. really, that really stressed me out. The bit where he pulls... Oh, God, now I'm thinking about it. Because I don't do horror. I don't particularly like horror. So I can count on one hand the scary films I've seen in my life. Right. So the bits where he pulls the veins out of a kid and then makes makes a puppet. puppet, Yeah, Yeah, that stands out as quite awful. Mm. So Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Was and the Tara, rhyme? Tara Higgs, did she just like have a video and it was naughty, you wouldn't watch it? I don't it? know. Yeah, she had older brothers and sisters. Mm. So her older sister, okay. Coral, would have let us watch it. Naughty. 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 It's always access to films is a lot based on sibling, isn't it? Because mm. I'm the eldest, so I wouldn't have been watching it. Whereas my, Ben, my husband, who is the love of your life, weirdly, yeah. um, he weird cut that him. out. You meet he, him. You meet him he, tell me he's not the love of your life. <laughs> he said he watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the age of nine. Because of an older Oh my sibling. days. Mm. I mean, I have an older sister, which means I've seen Dirty Dancing more than. Oh, we'll get to Dirty Dancing, mate. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, scary films. Uh, American Werewolf in London, because it lured me into a world of comedy and good times and then scared the bejesus out of me when he changes. It's a fucking great film. Great film, but actually scary to a child. Yeah. And. Uh, how, how do you see that again? I was. I, I think I might have watched that with my parents. I don't think they quite realised that it was going to be as scary as it sex was. Sex and horror in that one. Yeah, oh, God, yes. I forgot about the sex. Sexy, sexy sex scene. Forgot about the sex. Yeah. It's been overshadowed by the horror. <laughs> that might be sim- <laughs> symbolic of The horror of watching things. it with your parents. Um, yes. And on an early date with Ben, he decided I needed to watch The Exorcist. Because I think we... <laughs> I, I think... What? He kind of, he and I maybe bonded a bit over film, like chatting right. about film. And he was like, I can't believe you've never seen The Exorcist, one of the greatest movies ever made. So I kind of pretended that I was like, yeah, go, let's go for it. Let's watch that. And didn't tell him how much I couldn't stand scary oh, wow. films. And he made me watch that. That could have split us up. I didn't like that. <laughs> I really didn't like that. That was the first major test you had. Yeah. What got you through it? Uh, desire to, he was a keeper. I knew right. that I was going to have to sort of endure this 
shit film moment. Does he know you? It's not a shit film. It's a brilliant film, but it really scared me. I've never w- watched it again. Right. I don't like scary films, Brett. Okay. I don't go towards them. There's one out now, isn't there? Hereditary. Hereditary. I mean, like, why would you... I mean, why would you want to put yourself through that? I've been and it's so scary. I don't want that in my life. It's so scary. No. Why? Why tell me? Talk me through why you want well, to be that Well, in theory, scared. I tell you why. In theory, I think, as far as I understand, and I don't know all the ins and outs of psychology, but in theory, horror films and roller coasters serve, are actually good for you because they're a cathartic way of you experiencing and working through your own fear of death in a way that is actually safe because it is a film; it's not real. But your body responds in a way like, oh, God, and you feel yeah. this close to death. And at the end of it, you feel, supposedly, for many people, like a release, like free from this anxiety that we have, this death anxiety, this... I think that's part of it. But I have that anyway. That's the human condition. I get that. I get that, yeah, crossing a road. I get yeah. that doing stand-up. I get yeah. fear. So... That'll do, won't it? That will well, do. Well, then I think... See, because when I saw Hereditary, it, it, uh, it unusually... I said, there's a film called The Descent. I took my friend Zampfi to see it. We went to see it at the cinema. Yeah. It's really, like, intense and, like... Wah, wah, and, like, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! And she screamed a lot, which made the people in the audience scream more. And it was really great. And at the end of it, I felt like... Almost like we'd had a workout. It was like, oh, great! Like, we feel so alive because we've been through this thing together, this sort of... I don't sort know if I want trauma. that kind of... I don't want to put my well, psychological template through yeah. that. I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> but <laughs> so, then I watched Hereditary. I don't want to put it through that. And I thought, oh, I've gone too far. Oh, really? Did you break the <laughs> brain? Yeah, your actually, re- re- it, it really... And then you can't unsee what you see. Yeah, it really scared me. Because, yeah... In a way that wasn't like, at the end, oh, great. At the end, I was like, I don't oh, know. Oh, that was pretend anxiety. Now I can go out into the real world and get on with my life. No. <laughs> yeah. Don't I don't I can't unsee the things I've seen and the film if it's really good will mm. be very affecting and I don't want that I don't want it I don't want it in my head I don't want it in the database That's okay That's So okay. those ones I've told you are probably all the scary films I've ever seen in my life Okay So you haven't seen a scary film since The Exorcist with your husband to be when he was your husband to be No I don't think I have Okay Oh I did I Ooh. saw the hole The Is hole, it the hole? The Joe Japanese Dante. one? Oh. The, Luke, mean the, the ring. The ring. The ring. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the ring. It is a hole. There's a hole. It's a hole. It's a circular shape thing. <laughs> I saw the ring. Ring. Yeah. And that the was Japanese scary. Version. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scared the shit out of me. I maybe watched one scary film a decade. Okay. The... And that will do. So Nightmare on Elm Street when I was 11. Yeah. American uh, Werewolf. American Werewolf. Okay, I was 21. And then The Exorcist, <laughs> maybe when I was 30. Ring. And the ring I probably saw within the last four and or five years. in the next years. ten years. And now I'm going to go horror-free for ten years, and then maybe I'll watch Hereditary. Brave. Yeah. That's a brave maybe. thing I'm to, not prepared to, say, to it. look forward to. Thanks. Ten years. Thanks. <laughs> what is the film that made you cry the most? This is hard for me, because yeah. I cry a lot, and mm. it doesn't take much in a film to set me off. I recently watched Coco with the kids. Oh. Lost my shit. Lost it. <sighs> And this yeah. is a new thing I do now where I'm crying mm. with a film, especially if I'm with my children, is I don't hold it in. I don't try and suppress it. I, I in fact, fully commit to it and, like, get my shoulders involved and, like... <laughs> do you want I felt your children cry. to see you? Yeah, I'm fully, like, look at me. 
Look at look at this. Look at this emotion. Look at it. Look at look it. Look at your mother. Look at your mother. At, she's a wreck. Sobbing. Sobbing. I mean, the mm. bit... I knew it was going to happen. I knew Coco was going to fuck me up. Yeah. And then when that bit came towards the end, I went down bad hard and just sat there and just cried and cried and cried. Did your children cry? No. So were they... They just looked at me, blinked at me, confused, right. like, what's wrong with you? And I was like... Just fully went for it because yeah. I, I got I sort of quite enjoy messing with their brains. <laughs> I know, laughing and yeah. crying, high emotion, just high emotion. Maybe it's a bit of your theory about the horror thing. Yeah. Like I'm just basically doing a clear out with the um, emotions. It's like a sort of spring clean of emotions. And Coco is an absolute heartbreaker. Yeah, all those Pixar, but all the Pixar. Oh just... man, up. Learned, oh my god! I learned from Toy Story One: do not go with anyone to see a Pixar film because really? I don't, don't want to cry in front of people. Oh, but that's that's what I mean. So I have those feelings, and now I've come out the other side, which is you come with me to a Pixar and you watch me cry. You look in my eyes <laughs> and you watch me go. Look like, at me! Look at me! And then the bit in up when they do the little montage yeah. of their marriage. Yeah. Oh Jesus! I mean, mm. I, really not coping well with that. Even thinking about it now, I reckon I could go. And I like a cry in a film. I quite like it. Unlike yeah. horror. So that's weird, isn't it? I do not like to be scared, but I'm very to happy sad. to have a good cry. I don't mind being sad. Do you cry in real life? All the time. Okay. <laughs> You're <laughs> basically just on the edge. <laughs> but I think it's good to have yeah. a little cry. And, and films are a really nice way to, you know, get that going. Mm. And I've always... And I can... Again, because can, it's hard for me to pick one. So Coco and... Pixar, that's only because that was within the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But like early memories of proper hardcore cry sobbing, yeah. Champ, which was probably the Oof. first one where I went down bad. Yeah, like, yeah. wake him up, Charlie! That, oh, okay, sad. <laughs> um, beaches, I texted you because I think oh, oh, beaches. beaches could be the answer to most of it. I mean, yeah. Beaches, and I've, I have re-watched Beaches and it still gets me. Yeah. Really sad. I've weirdly, Beaches, is, I've forgotten, is the other Jeez. film my sister made me watch. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Sister I've seen film. Beaches a lot. Skull film, I suppose. But it's right. extremely sad. Very when she's sad. looking for the photo of her mum and she can't find one of her Jesus. hands. Because she's like, I've got my mum's hands and I can't find a picture of my mum. I need to know that I've got my mum's hands. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And then Bette Midler singing Wind Beneath My Wings, which I can't even say. But, jeez. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I could have go. But yeah, but another, I'll tell you a film, because I did think mm. uh, there was a film that I saw years ago and I watched it with my mum and my best friend. I don't use the word best friend often. Why would you use it with this person? Because she is my best friend. Okay. She's my oldest, closest friend. And I'd not long met her when we watched this film, Lady Bird, Lady Bird, Ken Loach film. Oh, oh dear. my <laughs> God. And we were drunk. Mm. I drank too much. And it was all a bit high emotion. I think we might have had a row. We were in mm. high emotion. And then I watched, I think she just left to go to uni. There was, it felt like raw times. Yeah. And... Then we sat and watched Lady Bird, Lady Bird, and I was a mess, like just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And Ken Loach films can do that to yeah. me. I haven't watched that recent one, the one with Daniel Blake. Yeah, with Dave Johnson. But I, 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 they really fuck me up. Those Ken Loach films. Yeah, they make you that kind of angry, sad. That's like a different kind of genre of sad. That's true, angry sad. Yeah. But that is a vivid memory because I think it was in a crappy flat somewhere in Manchester, 
feeling, you know, those, that's the thing when you watch films when you're at a certain time in life. That's why maybe a lot of these are films I watched when I was young. Yeah. You're, you feel feelings deeper, don't you? Yeah. And I remember that film making me so sad. Like it would have taken me a good few days to get over it. Whereas now I'd, go, I'd have a cry, Coco. Finish crying, move on, get on with life. Really? But that would have taken me down for a week. You're I'd not be haunted like, oh, by Coco. I can't talk. I watched Ladybird, Ladybird. I can't, I can't see you for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I can't come into work today. Uh, yeah. Some Ladybird, yeah. Ladybird. Yeah, oh, Ladybird, Ladybird. Lady totally legitimate. I have the week off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I've talked about this in another one, but I'm going to talk about it with you, and then if I've talked about it in another one, we'll have you to You can cut it. it out. That's the joy of yeah. podcast. Kez. Oh, God. I am amazed by Kez. So uh, does it exist? Yeah. The, there was a film made for children where the end of the film is the bird. The dies. bird not that just that the bird the dies. Brother the brother has killed your bird and put it in a bin. Yeah. The end. It's, it's uh, Good night, I mean, children. actually, that's going back because I'm kind of waiting to show that one to my daughter. Why? Would uh, well, you? because it is a brilliant film. It is a brilliant but film. What is the message? But when is the right time to say, are you ready to watch a film about a falcon that ends up in a bin? Are you ready to watch a film whose message is? Any dream you have, if if re- realised at all, will be incredibly brief mm. and then stuffed in the dead in a bin. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, why? Why? Probably make... twelve. Yeah, I reckon I can watch it with her next year. It's a great film. It is a great it's film. a great film. You've got to take the shit with the shine. You got to have the good times. <laughs> then you get a falcon in a bin. <laughs> I love Ken Loach films, but they are hard work. Yeah, they're really hard work. Yeah, I met him once for an audition. Tell me everything oh, man. If you can. I was me. just too nervous. I was a state. I just couldn't be normal. I just had to be all earnest and worthy and working class. I thought, I've got to be real. I've got to be working class and real. And then he just must have what thought, who is this woman? God, do you know what? I can't remember. Whatever. Um... My name is Joe. Anyway, what happened? You walked in it's just Walked in, had to workshop stuff, had to improvise and stuff like that because it's all kind of reels, yeah. isn't it? I just don't think I was very good. I think I was trying to contrive uh, issues, mm-hmm. in inverted commas, into a scenario. Because it's Ken Loach. So you think, right, we've got to do the bullet points of oh, working class tanks. Okay. And it's like that is a quite a contrived improvisation, isn't it? Okay, like, how can funny. I swing benefits into That's this so exchange? But so it going, was. Oh, I'm going to be late for the benefits. Oh, yeah. I can't, yeah, I can't get there in time, Ken. I've got to sign on. and it, I don't know. I... I I might have blocked it out, which I do with most traumatising mm. auditions. I didn't get the job, Brett. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. But it was... But then... I was very, very starstruck because yeah. I do love Ken Loach films and they're extraordinary. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not surprised I was a bit out of my depth there. I threw it. I have a friend who had an audition for a Mike Lee film. He, uh, he makes you be a character for a while, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he said, like, he, he was just sort of said, just be someone for an hour, and yeah. the, like, but don't do anything. So he said he just sat on the sofa, and then had, like, a lay down on the sofa, checked his phone, stood Did up. Did get the job? About, didn't get the job. <laughs> I was like, maybe do something. Yeah, maybe you'll have to do something. No. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it, those two mm. titans of British filmmaking, and they do audition in a slightly unique way. You're not going in and learning lines and reading a script. They're both... Well, and I also think that there's this thing of, like, it was almost, you know, when people say, oh, we just found them and they were so natural and we found them. But, like, you know, once that, if you, you know, you go into Ken Lynch, I know, I go into a Mike Lee. Mm. We know who they are. 
we know the sort of thing they yeah. do. So it's very difficult to just. There's the story of um, the chocolate cake kid, Tim Roth. Is that? Oh yes, Tim Roth in Made in Britain, waiting for his mate. Yeah. So he, the story the the director had is that this kid came in and they said, "Oh, we're we're not ready for you" or something, and he went outside and they watched him out the window. And he like kicked a car in and shouted at someone in the street, yeah. and they were like, "That's our guy. He's just the guy." Yeah. But Tim Roth admitted, "Oh, I knew they were watching." Oh, so that's I did. amazing. That's brilliant. Though. Yeah, yeah. That is brilliant because that's still completely legitimate, even if it's a different route He's to get the good. gig. He's very good. But he delivered the goods. Yeah. I think the Kez kid maybe was offered a chocolate cake if he could. They were like, "You're great. Yeah. You're just what we're looking for. Do you want to come in here and audition?" And he was like, "No," and then they said. Go on. And he was like, no. And then I think they offered him a chocolate cake or something like that. I might have to Google that story. There's a famous <laughs> kid. There's a famous kid in a film that was bribed into a casting by given a chocolate, chocolate cake. cake. And it might be the Kez kid. It sounds really creepy, that story. In, in well, we're way. living in different times now. We've got that a lot would... of hindsight about how 70s children were lured into situations. You could pop situations. out of an office and say, there's a chocolate cake in here. I know, you I know. And pretend there's a bird in the bin. I know. So what is the film that's meant to be bad? But you love it. You won't care. Don't care what no one says. I don't know what bad means. I mean, how are you I measuring mean, like, bad? I mean, like, there's sort of critical consensus, but there's also, like, you know, there's films. You know, when, when The Greatest Showman came out, it was sort of critically Canned, derided. But, yeah, but it's People brilliant. love it. Yeah. That's probably not a good example because everyone loves it, yes. except for critics. But if you name the film, I'll tell you, oh, yeah, that's meant to be bad. Well... Oh, God. I mean, things like Mamma Mia, which I swore I'd never yeah. watch. It's a good, good example. I swore I'd never watch that. I, didn't even, I couldn't even get through the trailer. Yeah. And then I did watch. Loved it. I Thoroughly it. had a great time with that. I mean, what's not to love? Meryl Streep singing on, on a Greek cliff. Yeah. Yes, please. Jumping up and down, doing the splits. Yes, please. Yeah. I mean, Pierce Brosnan ultimate. having a bloody good go. Did struggle with Pierce Brosnan, but then got on board with even Pierce Brosnan. Having a go. I want to know what's... Going through Colin Firth's head through most of that film. I'm like, are you happy with these choices, Cole? Are you comfortable with this? Because <laughs> I, I, there's got to be a higher voice going on with him going, Colin, 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 you've done some, you've done some highbrow you're asking, you're stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But then why am I more worried about Colin's interior monologue than Meryl's? Because Meryl's obviously, you know, she's amazing. But for some reason, I'm like, she's having a great time. So hmm. I'm having a great time. But with Colin, I'm like, are you having a great time? You do want to check in with him. Are yeah, you I'm like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> you sort of want to like pat him on the head mid-film and go, we're really enjoying this. Carry on, don't Are worry. you enjoying it? It's okay. Okay. Yeah. He's, I worry about him a bit in it. Just like a little wink to him. It's going well. It's you're brilliant. Doing, you're, doing it's brilliant. you're doing really well. Yeah. We're enjoying it. If yeah. you're enjoying it, we're enjoying it. But there are moments in that where it's, it's a bit stressful in it to watch. Like, yeah, like bum-clenchingly, like... <laughs> oh god oh god but and it's ridiculous it's utterly ridiculous and i'm not even a, an abba fan really no <laughs> <laughs> not bothered about abba when it comes yeah. on at a disco and people go oh i'm like yeah. goodbye really yeah i'm not going to dance to that or maybe i'll do one i'll do dancing queen or something and then don't play another one yeah don't play a medley right. not interested in an abba medley no thanks so I'm not even that bothered about ABBA, but there is... I like Greece. I love Greece. Right. So I can get into Greece feelings. Yeah. I don't mean the film. Oh, movies, you mean the country I mean the Greece. country, Greece. So like being on a Greek island, yes. singing songs, it's all sunny. Yeah. It's a bit racist, isn't it? Because the Greek characters, <laughs> like the locals are sort of like comedy characters, like little clowns that mm. aren't really, haven't got any lines. That. They just sort of 
pop in and out. Yeah, pop in and out with some Greek instruments. Do you know that I auditioned for Mamiya? No way! Well, it's quite... I ended up in a dance show by accident once. I once went to an audition, what I thought was an acting audition, and when I got there, they said to me, uh, how how is your movement? And I said, well, I got here. Fine. <laughs> and then they said, okay, well, if you could just wait over there. I ended up realising, oh, I'm the only person in jeans. Everyone else is in, like, oh. dance attire. And I had accidentally come to a dance show audition. And I, as you know, I'm no professional dancer. Then I was so embarrassed that I thought, oh, well, I can't, I'm here. And they made us do, like, a group dance. And because it was a big group, I think I got away with it. I was at the back, no one noticed. Then it got down to, like, four people somehow I got through this dance audition. Oh, my God, that's amazing. And they wanted an actor that was a dance show, but one of the scenes had, like, acting in it. Yeah. So I did it, but I only did it because it was directed by the man who wrote Annie, his wife. And I thought, you know, I love Annie, so I'll do this. But it was like a fringe show. Oh, wow. Didn't tell anyone I was in it because it was incredibly embarrassing and I was genuinely awful and embarrassed that I was in a dance show. Anyway, a casting director came to see the dance show Took a, took a little shine to me. Oh, And wow. he said, oh, I'm casting Mamma Mia, the film. You should come and audition. And again, I thought, oh, great. He'll put me up for one of the acting parts. And then I turned up and it was uh, another dance. To <laughs> dance play audition. what part? To play one of the racist Greek uh, characters oh, who pop okay. up through windows. Yeah, they always pop go, up through Mama windows. Mamma Mia! One yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. And so I did... I Greek did, chorus. Yeah, Greek, Greek chorus, chorus, literally. And I did not... Um, I did a day of stuff, and then at the end of the day... A what a bit great like day, when, though. I bet you had a great day. I mean, I was I was sort of red the entire time just with sort of shame. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I can do If you're comfortable with shame, you can have a great time. I'm a stand-up. All I know is shame. <laughs> I can still remember the routine to Mamma Mia. But the thing is, post Billy Elliot, you, you don't have to be, like, a great dancer in inverted commas. Like, you don't have to be John Travolta or... Well, then I saw Mamma Mia. I was like, oh, you don't care... No, it's about, about movement, them. isn't it? It's about like being capable of doing certain. I think you have to amazing. look like you're enjoying it, though, and and perhaps yeah, shame, that's what I was. Shame on your face. Red and sweaty from shame, not from exertion. I don't think they were looking for that. Spoiler alert: I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the new one. I'm mm-hmm. I'm almost uh, like as I say, I didn't particularly want to see the first one, and then stumbled on it and was like, oh, it's great. It's had tremendous. But reviews. I don't want to go and see the second one. I just don't think I can cope with. More ever? More Colin first, dancing and singing. <laughs> I just don't think... More Colin I'm really first. worried about Colin. But I think now, because the first one was such a success, he'll be like, oh, OK, it was fine. I'm sure he's having a great time. I mean, as problems go, it's a great problem, isn't mm. it? Doing Mamma Mia 2. Yeah. And he's very versatile. It's a great, you know, opportunity to show off different sets of skills. It's had wonderful reviews. And Has I, it? I will Has it? it? Yeah. Everyone's ecstatic about Cher, aren't they? They're ecstatic. <laughs> I mean, it's that kind of bullshit that I think, oh, I'll swerve that. I'll just wait. I'll come to it later when the hype's died down. When your children are old enough. Yeah. When <laughs> well, my daughter's already seen it. She went with my mum. Did she? She oh, liked it? Yeah, highlight of her summer. Oh. Loved it. Loved it. Sits right. and listens to Abba. Loves it. Oh, what a nightmare. But it me. is like for children, isn't it? It's a sort of, it's like a children's film for grown-ups, if you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Yeah. It's and... bright colours and shapes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not complicated, is it? No. Well, I've not seen it. I can't speak. It sounds quite complicated. I think it... I heard it's, it's a the, guilty pleasure. It's The Godfather 2 of Phil's, apparently. It's a prequel <laughs> and a sequel. sounds very complicated. Let's hope they don't make another one. I mean, you're I not speaking for the masses. But I can't think of another film that I feel 
ashamed of enjoying. That's okay. You can have Mamma Mia. What is the film? See, I don't know if you'll have an answer for this because you've only seen every film once. Is there a film that you loved years ago that you watched recently and you've gone, oh dear, that does not hold up? Well, the example you gave in your email, I don't know if that's something you keep in or out, is The Breakfast Club. And I think that is a brilliant... Yeah. That, did you read that Molly Ringwald thing that was yeah. recently went viral? I thought that was amazing, that article. Yeah, and it was, was very... Had a nice balance of affection for the thing. And yeah. yet we've all moved on, hopefully. Yeah. Which is how I feel about a lot of those John Hughes films. Because I, I do remember watching The Breakfast Club and loving it. I mean, properly mm. loving it and being moved by, I think it was probably about 14 or 15. And that kind of capturing when you grow old, your heart dies and all that like, yeah. And now, obviously, it's a load of bollocks, but that's because I'm a grown-up now, an adult. and that, it, that's, My heart didn't die. My heart didn't die. I feel, feel more vital than ever, if I'm anything. You cry even more. Yeah, I'm a fully... I don't feel like my heart's died. I'm open to all emotions, especially when watching a Pixar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that is a good example, as is Weird Science or Weird Pretty Science. in Pink or any of that batch, which I loved. Yeah. I loved them. The Outsiders. Although that's probably a better one, isn't it? That's not John Hughes. No, that's uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, well, that's better, isn't it? Yeah. And I remember loving those books as well when I was a teenager, those S.E. Hinton books and stuff like that. So, But they're all made for young people. So if you mm. revisit them as a middle-aged person, they're not going to deliver, are they? That's not their function. Uh, I don't know if they're I... They're to capture the teen angst. But I, I'm afraid I don't agree. Do you not? If I may. Go Because I think wonderful... Disagree with me. Go on, then. Go wonderful on. good films. <laughs> Wonderful, good films that are about teenagers should still work for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I think of, there's lots of coming-of-age films, like Lady Bird, for example, I watched recently. Fucking loved it. I yeah. loved it. That's but that's a film for grown-ups as well, isn't it? That's not pitched at teenagers. Uh, Whereas those, like Breakfast Club, I felt it wasn't for grown-ups. It was for teenagers. I suppose they were. They were made for that market. Yeah. I would have thought. But I, I absolutely loved it, and I haven't re-watched it, and that article yeah. that Molly Ringwald wrote did make me think, oh, I wonder how I'd feel about watching it now. Um, I have less problem. Uh, it's more the, the Breakfast Club, they're hateful. <laughs> what, as characters? Yeah, they're just whiny, spoiled, fucking, you just think, yeah, God, they're confused they're and they're lost and they're riddled Ugh. with angst. Not for me, mate, not for me. Yeah, that's true. They're not likeable. They're not likeable characters. It's just, and I guess you're absolutely right. You and know, they're broad yeah, stereotypes. Yeah. It's like the jock and the rich yeah. girl and the kind of dropout guy. And I loved Judd Nelson. I loved him. Yeah? Yeah, I loved him. Is he still in your... I don't know. Is he still about? Yeah, not, not going to Does he still do movies? I think he's in a TV show. I did go through a Judd Nelson phrase. Didn't it? Wasn't he in a cowboy film with um, Kiva Sutherland? Young Guns. Young Guns. Yeah. I remember that fondly. Yeah, there were some good teeny, good teen films for my teen times, but I don't think I'd ever revisit them. I wouldn't expect them to hold up. Okay. You don't have to. And then occasionally I'll put something on because of my campaign to make the kids watch films that I loved when I was young. And yeah. often I get it right. Like I've watched, like I've said to them, right, you watch this, you are going to, you are going to enjoy it. <laughs> and you're going to watch me And they're not films that they would naturally it. go toward. Like Paper Moon. I made Elsie watch Paper oh, Moon yeah. and she did love it. And right. it's brilliant. And I was like, yes, I am brilliant. I am a very good mother. Finding good films mm. and Princess Bride and some really good classic kids right. films. Then watched Never Ending Story, which I had in my head as a great film. It's not. It doesn't hold up. Really? I don't think it holds up. Why not? I don't It's just a bit shit. It just is a bit kind of gets a bit confused. And it's not as good as The Princess Bride and it's trying to be. So you get like those little clusters of like Labyrinth is another one, isn't it? 
Those little fantasy kids films, Labyrinth does hold up. But Neverending Story, I don't think, holds up. It's like a weird puppet and a kid riding this weird dragon puppet. And it's just, in because of modern filmmaking being so incredibly sophisticated, Mm. it looks like a puppet. I remember there's a lot of uh, trying to get out of mud. Neverending Story. Oh, yeah. Seems to be a big film about being stuck in the mud. But it doesn't look like real mud, so you're like, oh, come on. Right. Come on. Come on, let's get to I, lo- I do like the, that world of a kid reading a book and then being able to go in and out of a fantasy world and whatever. Mm. It's a brilliant idea. But that one doesn't hold up. Okay, let's do this one. What's the film you thought was the sexiest? See, what I'm finding with these answers is I have the You've seminal... Yeah, I just have, like, the film that I watched when I was younger. Okay. So a standout memory of sexy film mm. is Romancing the Stone. Because the camera seemed to remember, like they had sex, and we well, didn't see that because it's a PG. Yeah. But after they did, they had a little postcoital chat, and the camera sort of panned along their bodies, and you saw their bodies pressed mm. together. And I probably was about eleven or twelve, and was like, "Oi, oi, leaning in." <laughs> I think that he reached down to mm. nip the map out of her bag, right. and the camera went down with his hand, and you saw groin zones, side boob. Bit of side boob and definitely groins pressed together. Wow. And I was like, hello. And it was sexy times. Yeah. And another standout one is, of course, Dirty Dancing. Right. I mean, key. How old were you? I probably was about, what, I don't know what year that came, about 12, 12 or 13. I remember saying to my mom, I'm going down to Katie Hillier's house to watch Dirty Dancing. And she, of course, <laughs> went, you are not watching a film called Dirty Dancing. It's a really silly name, isn't it? Yeah. Slightly misleading. It's a really misleading, silly, silly it should be name. Called, it should be called Good Dancing. Yeah. Well, sexy really time dancing, dancing, but not dirty. Bit of fun dancing. Yeah, it's all, it's all healthy dancing. Nothing wrong with it. They're keeping fit. Everyone's happy dancing. So Don't be affection. ashamed of sexuality dancing. But dirty. Dirty. The implication of shame. Mm. Don't put that on my dancing. Yeah. You? I'm just dancing. I'm just yeah. free, like you in your audition. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, Dirty Dancing, when they make love. There's a side category here, which you don't have to include if you don't have it. Well, I saw that. I don't have... I don't think I do... You mean, like, a piece of animation? Troubling boners, worrying why dance. Yeah. I mean... When uh, you shouldn't be aroused, When you were perhaps young and you saw something that aroused you, and then in hindsight you go, oh, dear, that's dark, that... that," Or that's not normal. No. What you mean, like, a piece of animation or something? Could be anything. Uh, Boogie Nights has got some, it's quite arousing and yet it's sort of saying this is a dark world, isn't it? This is dark. And I'm like, whoa, but it's quite sexy. But then that's, that's the quandary of, of Boogie Nights. Yeah, but I don't watch porn. Right. So Boogie Nights is the closest <laughs> thing I've ever got right. to that world. And I can, I could, I'm like, if that's a teaser, I'm like, oh, I get it. I You're see like, what's I mean, going on there. <laughs> but like, finally, can we get the internet? <laughs> but the darkness that it, I mean, mm. the film is about the darkness, isn't it, of the porn world? The descent of hedonism into that sort of world. Perhaps. Is it? I think it's about family, Boogie Nights. I thought it was about sort of overindulgence and a loss of control. There's an element of of that. They all go to Yeah, it was all fun and innocent. It's all fun until New Year's Eve. And then they descend into a sort of dystopian K-hole of coke and loveless sex. Or dis- non-connected sex. I don't know. What's the proper phrase for that sort of sex? Uh, Self-loathing sex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of genre of sex. Yeah. Yeah, sort of picking that apart a bit, isn't it? Mm. 
But yeah, I can't think of another example of that. But I didn't have one like a piece of like a cartoon. I think cartoon women are drawn to be more sexy than cartoon men. Right. You don't think like Aladdin's fit? No. <laughs> no, I don't have any strong feelings, sexual feelings about Aladdin. Right. Whereas Princess Jasmine is yeah. hot, isn't she? I mean, she's I see drawn you fancy her as well. Well, she's drawn to be sexy. Yeah. They're all drawn like hips and a bit of flesh. and mm. But the boy cartoons aren't really, are they? That's interesting. I wonder. Right. What is... Okay, this is my... What is the film that has the most meaning to you? Not necessarily because of the film itself, but because of what happened when you saw it, the experience of watching that film. Perhaps it was a yeah. first date. Perhaps it was a breakup. Perhaps it was you were alone and something big happened. What's the film where you go, that film means a lot to me? This is hard because the, I don't tend to remember those sort of specifics mm. of going to see a film. The only one I can think of is yeah. Ben and I were travelling in Thailand yeah. early on when we were together and we were in... Chiang Mai or I think somewhere like that on Christmas Day and we I think we'd had a row mm. and we were feeling that kind of traveling on we where you're a bit like oh I want to go home now and now it's Christmas Day and we're not having a normal Christmas how long had you been away over a month at that stage okay. and it was a bit kind of traveling's fine and you can have those days but when it's Christmas Day it's really yeah. weird because you're like shouldn't we be at home with family watching shit telly and eating loads of food but we're in this sort of travelling hotel. Anyway, we went to the pictures as a way of dealing with it and saw Notting Hill. Yeah. And Return of the King. Wow. And that stands out as a memory. I loved Notting Hill. He thought it was a massive load of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind a Richard Curtis no. film. I'm, I was quite happy great. with it, but he was like not happy with it. Right. And then he was really happy with Return of the King. Like that is Ben Heaven, all those Tolkien films. Were you happy with Return of the King? A bit bored. Bit yeah. bored. Again, it was another sort of marriage rattler. We weren't married then, but it was like, is this Boca Keeper after The Exorcist? Am I prepared to put up with this? Do I have to watch all Do I have Lord to watch the all these films for hours and hours and hours? Because he, loves, he mm. loves all those Lord of the Rings films. Yeah. I've watched them all once because I'm an obedient wife, but I will not revisit them. I don't yeah. want to revisit them. I find them really hard work. So that's a standout memory of going to the cinema. Quite vivid memory. So did it put, like f- fix your Christmas? Did no, it, it made it exasperated. It exasperated our Christmas and challenged our relationship. <laughs> and that is why those films mean the most to you. Yeah, it's a lovely answer. Isn't it, it? Like if I go, if I have a gig or whatever, and then come back late and Ben's been in and whatever, and mm-hmm. see an empty bottle of beer by the sofa and think, oh, I wonder what Ben did tonight. Chances are, one of the Lord of the Rings trilogy films will be in the DVD player. Really? Yeah, he loves them. I mean, he'll watch other films as well. He does love films. Yeah. But they are comfort to him, and he will re-watch them, whereas I would not re-watch many or any films, really. If I had yeah. a night in, I wouldn't go, oh, it's like a comfort blanket. Like, oh, yeah. I'll just snuggle up and watch a Lord of the Rings. No. But it's a world. It's the world. He likes the books as well, so it's a whole world that he's quite happy to sort of hang out in. But I remember watching that with him in yeah. Chiang Mai on Christmas Day and thinking, I don't know if I want to be with this man. <laughs> No, I didn't. I thought, look how happy he is. I wonder if I'll ever make him as happy as this As film. Lord of the Rings yeah. 3. Yeah. Have you? I hope so. I mean, we're still together. Yeah. But he's got still got the DVD in, just to guess. Yeah, just, he's got backup. He's yeah. got the DVDs. Kerry, I am going downstairs again. <laughs> but I've never rewatched Notting Hill. Yeah, so... And he... I never will. I'm pretty sure I never will. 
So he makes you happy enough that you don't need to watch Snatch. Yeah, yeah. I find him fulfilling more fulfilling than Richard Curtis. Well, as I say, he's a wonderful man, and <laughs> you're very, very. But you, lucky. even you're questioning your love of him now after you've just discovered yeah, the Tolkien thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he went to see the Tolkien exhibition in Oxford. Okay. Well, that's, you, you know, don't love him it? anymore, do you? You just discarded Ben. No, based on not true. An Everyone's... affection for Lord of the Rings. It's fine. There's nothing. He married a hobbit. That's I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, so yeah. That's all I've got on that. Okay, that's a really good answer. Thank you. Uh, what is the film you most related to? What's a film where you're like, that's me, that is, might be the character. Yeah. It might be this, the vibe of the film, might be the feel of it, might be how you grew up, something like that. I'll tell you a film that I had those feelings for was Francis Ha. And I went oh, to see great. that between an early and a late show at the store. And yeah. slightly by chance, just took a chance on it, didn't know much about it. And I thought it really captured that time when you're just a bit too old (laughs) to be dicking about and crashing on friends' sofas and trying to stay up late and keep the party going. And some of your mates have settled down and moved on and you've made a slightly sort of silly career choice. (laughs) And I thought, oh, I remember that. I remember feeling like that. Today. (laughs) Yeah. But now I'm grown up. But again, it's that retrospective thing. What is it set? Late 20s, would you say she is? Like looking down the barrel of 30? That kind of time. I thought that film, I really connected with it. I thought, yes, I Mm. remember that. I remember feeling like that and wanting to run down the street to a David Bowie song dancing, but just thinking, you're too old now. You should grow up, really. Mm. And just unpicking that friendship, female friendship, when your friend moves on before you. Like my best friend that I referred to earlier that I watched Lady Bird, Lady Bird, she had kids and married good mm. five plus years before I did. And I remember feeling quite immature around her and her grown up life right. and things like that. And I thought that film captured that female friendship yeah. vibe where one is sort of moving on and the other's struggling to join her. And How is your friendship now with Lady good. Bird? Good, we're Lady good Bird. friends now. Okay. We're still good mates. We've stood the test of time. Have you ever talked about that time? Yeah, I suppose so. I think that's the measure of a good... Female friendship is a complex Mm. thing and it's very rare to see it properly represented in a film. Yeah. I wish I'd watched that film with her, actually, because I reckon that would have been a good chat. We could have had a good post-film chit-chat. But, yeah, that is a film that I did connect with and thought, especially because she's a dancer, she's a contemporary dancer, and, you know, by then... I was already doing comedy and acting and stuff like that. And there are moments, if you don't kind of break through for a long time, there are moments where you go, am I making an appalling decision? And do I just have to grow up and go and get a proper job? Yeah. Have you stopped having that feeling? I have now, yeah, because it sort of pays the bills now. But there were years where it didn't pay the bills, where you have conversations with family members that are like, Look, we believe in you and we love you and we support you, mm. but maybe you should sort of think about getting a job job. Do you know yeah, what I mean? All that. Yeah. And I think yeah. that was all sort of looked at in that film. I seem to remember she had scenes with family where they were like, you need to grow up. You, uh, I, I, ne- I never do this, but it is very, very, if you, the, the film that I am in called Adult Life Skills, which I don't believe you've seen. I haven't seen that. I thoroughly suggest you do. Oh, is it about that sort of stuff? Why, because it is about female friendships and relationships in a way that I think you rarely see in film. Ah. And I think it's really, really good on oh, well, funny, warm, tr- complicated yeah, female, yeah, yeah. female friendships and yeah. relationships. 
Why don't you see it much in film? Why is it? Because buddy movies are a whole genre, yeah. but that's bloke friendship. Well, I think it's often, it may well be to do with not enough female. Yeah, exactly. Because another directors. massive standout film for me was Thelma and Louise. And that is, yeah. you know, a rare treat to see two women on screen being Made a lead. Huh? Made by a man. Made by a man. And it is quite a blokey film in a lot of ways. It's all cars and road movies and mm. guns. And, and Gina Davis's legs. And Harvey Keitel. <laughs> <laughs> Harvey Keitel's face. Yeah. He's quite blokey bloke. He is a bloke. I will watch that. Thank you for that. Yeah, and I'm not... I'm not is that is a subject I don't do this I every podcast. Is go, watch a film. Watch a film I'm in. <laughs> no, but it's genuinely like... I don't think enough people saw it and it's why I love it. It's nothing to do with me. It's to do with... Because it's a rare topic, really, seen. The, the, the feeling of this relationship between all the women is so rare to see. It's film. quite an intense... I mean, less so now because you're older and these feelings mellow out, but... There is an intensity mm. to that kind of, you know, friendship. Like I said, when I make that, if you meet someone, you kind of platonically fall in love with them quite intensely at that age, I think 17, 18. And suddenly they're like, you laugh at all the same jokes. You yeah. like all the same films. You're, you just dig each other so much. And then you grow up together and you kind of sometimes drift apart. Sometimes you're close. I think they're like marriages, aren't they? Like yeah, My sister seems to have had a few... Like marriages with women, yeah. as it were. Do blokes not have that? Well, I, I think we do, except uh, not in the way, as in the people that I was best friends with when I was little, I'm still best friends yeah. with. Yeah. And I don't know that we had a very difficult face. Right. We, we, I don't know, this is purely a massive generalisation, obviously. But you wouldn't have a big heart-to-heart about where, like, your friendship? We, we have, we have, actually. I mean, there was like an, with one of them, there was like an incident. There's only one time when there was like a bad incident. Yeah. But we worked through it. Yeah. We talked so, about yes, it. So, yes, it's exactly the same. You can do that stuff. Were letters written? Yeah. Yeah, there oh you go. God, I yeah. mean, yeah, letters have been written. Letters. Love letters. Intense um, letters. Is, uh, does does uh, Ben get jealous of your... No, he gets on brilliantly marriage. with that friend. And it's also a bit healthier now because we've all got kids and life partners and the intensity of affection is put into other relationships so it sort of your love is assimilated a few across a few people i think maybe that's the thing i think when you're younger you put it all into that one person yeah too much for yeah and if it and it's a friendship exactly and then that person may or may not find a life partner before you and that's what francis hart was good at because her best friend did find a life partner before her and obviously her loyalties drifted to this new guy and the friends like left behind, yeah. and that's why I, can, I seem to remember that being a thing. Is and that so sad? When you do stand up, it, it's it's a real. It does sort of separate you from f- normal. Oh yeah, no, it, you make sacrifices with friendships. Yeah, yeah, like you don't go to dinner parties. I mean, that's the main reason I do stand up. <laughs> it's a brilliant reason. But it is a brilliant. <laughs> Some people reason. like dinner parties. No, I don't like dinner parties. Right. Either like one-on-one good times friendship or a See, massive party. That's the thing. I didn't have kids. I haven't had kids because I have stand-up. So that's my excuse for not going to stand oh, I've got a gig. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your routine, your jokes are your babies. <laughs> my really bleak babies. <laughs> your dark, dark babies. Dark, dark. Naughty, dark, dark. Sexy, dark. <laughs> no, I'm not. Like, stop there. So the, so the film, that's a really good answer. Congratulations. Thanks. Uh, what is the film that objectively you think is the greatest film of all time? I think this is hard. It's hard. Because that is, is that showing off your, like, film uh, knowledge? In a way, uh, no, it's more like, 
I think it's that it's almost this. I keep putting it like this. If aliens came down and said, what's film? What's the highest pinnacle of film? Oh. It might not be a film you want to watch all the time and that you enjoy. Oh, that's, I see. I didn't so, think for like example, that. something like Schindler's List is, a, is yeah. a masterpiece, but you don't necessarily go, oh, let's I want to watch whack that. on Schindler's List again. Yeah. So oh, then I did misunderstand. Okay. Because what I put down is possibly not. So there are kind of worthy, great films like Apocalypse Now or... It might, isn't it? That might, your answer might be a frivolous one. It's, it's well, my frivol- frivolous of... answer is Some Like It Hot. That's because I love that film great and it film. is a great piece of film. And, yeah. a, you know, brilliant script. Billy Wilder, great filmmaker. Wonderful. And it's got amazing performances. Yeah. But it is silly and it is frivolous. I mean, that's the thing is maybe I... Why don't comedies often win Oscars? Are they not considered to be great because movies? Because people take for granted comedies and think that they're easy. Ah. Uh, I think there's a real thing, a real problem with comedies. Yes. Is that it feels like, oh, if I didn't, if I wasn't really depressed, then it wasn't proper art. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's something. maybe why I did slightly misunderstand that question. No. Some Like It is a, is a really good, great... I mean, I know it's stuff. now considered to be... It's always in the top ten of greatest yeah. movies, isn't it? But I think with good reason. Like, there's no slack in it. It is no a slack. great film. And there's a, it's really hard to do funny on screen. Yeah. Really hard. Editing, framing, all these things like time all matter in yeah. a way that when you're doing live. Live is you're just feeding off an audience. But when you're making something to be watched later, it's really hard. Anything that's funny is incredible. Oh, I think so. It's a shame it isn't celebrated as much as drama in the Oscar-y way. Yeah. It's because th- they think it has to be suffering, I, th- I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But that one has stood the test of time, and my kids yeah. love it. Oh, and now wow. they can quote some like it hot, which to me is a dream come true because we can do, like my eight-year-old son can do all the Jack Lemon lines. Oh, great! Yeah, about you know playing the ukulele and all kinds of things. Although that character plays the dub, the double bass. Right. So he <laughs> but yes, and a, a, like, it's just a very it's got it's just full of very funny lines, and I can re- rewatch it. So I think I slightly misunderstood your question. Uh, I, I think because there are works. films that are objectively great, but I don't go back. Well, to is that the other question? Is what's the film you could watch? The most well, maybe the, the one you mentioned earlier, Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, I've missed her. Lawrence of Arabia, an amazing film. I watched it once. I thought it was utterly brilliant. Yeah. Piece of cinema. I'll never watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Under no circumstances. No way. I haven't got spare three hours no. to go and hang out with Peter O'Toole in a desert. Mm. No chance. No chance. Sorry, Peter. I've Thanks got a asking. lot on, mate. Yeah. And there's I've other things, Josh. Like I've never times. seen The Sopranos. I've got an order. Exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. the reaction it gets. So I've got, like, <laughs> cultural, you know, appointments yeah. to attend to. Yeah. And I will not be watching Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia again. I haven't got time. I have to bail on box sets when I'm done. Like Mad Men. I got to Series 4. I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm done. I'm out. Because uh, I've got other things to do. I'm sad about that, but okay. You've got to move on. And if I don't get some things, I'll give it three eps. And then I'm like, don't get it. Like the wire. Don't get it. But yes, I think I did slightly misinterpret your question. I apologise. No, I think that, that actually that is a, exactly the right answer. Okay. There are no right and wrongs, is There's there? No right and wrong. This isn't a test, is it, Brett? It's a podcast. Uh, listen, it is a test. And so far, <laughs> no spoilers. You're doing very well. You're doing very Good. well. Thanks, Brett. But it is a test. <laughs> what? Okay, one bit of negativity. Don't like to be negative. Okay, fine. What's the worst film you've ever seen? Right. Go on. Controversial. 2001. Fucking hell. Oh, man. So boring. So boring. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Really boring film. 
And again, this is, goes back to my relationship with my life partner. Yes. Because <laughs> he loves Stanley Kubrick and he's a big fan. Okay, he's back, and in, he's think, back in. Yeah, he's back in post-Tolkien sort yeah. of upsets. But he has made me watch all the Kubricks. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of them are great. Mm-hmm. Very happy with Clockwork Orange and Doctor Strange Love and yeah. all kinds of great times I've had with Stanley. But I did not have a good time with 2001. What a boring film, Brett. <laughs> what a bro- boring, boring oh, film. The last dear. half hour is like a screensaver. Oh, dear. <laughs> are you upset with me? The last, yeah, the last, okay. <laughs> last half hour arguably is a gift. Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, Christ, that, I went to see that at the BFI <laughs> on a date. We mm. had a long, quiet time on the way home. <laughs> Where he was really thinking, I, I'm either leaving you I've or when her. we get home, I'm watching all of Lord yeah, of the Rings. He, he was, I've lost her. I've lost her. I pushed right. her too far. I made her watch The Exorcist, <laughs> the Exorcist early was, on. Yeah. I made her watch Return of the King while we were travelling on Christmas Day. And now and I might now have broken this. her with 2001. The only bit I liked was yeah. the monkeys at the beginning. You like the monkeys? I like the monkeys okay. at the beginning. I loved the thing where the doodah went up into the sky and then landed back down. I'd have happily watched that film in montage form. Okay. There are it montages just, in it. Yeah. I mean, they were the best bits. It just goes on and on and on. Okay. And on and on and on. And the pace, all the howl talking in that low tempo. I mean... Oh. You weren't even into the how bit. I didn't mind how, but now we've got Siri. We've got how, haven't we? So I'm like now looking, and also we're in 2018. So he already blew it on the prediction of time, right? Because he's saying, "Oh, the world's going to be like this in 2001." Uh, yeah, I think it, that's. Uh, you're gonna. Uh, I'm argue sorry to argue again. Is, I'm a guest on your podcast. Yeah, you're 2001. Gonna he's right, but like, hey, one of the things that's quite incredible. He's in like a 60s spacescape. The bit where they're sat in a in a space. That's rocket, well sure. 60s. That's not what, what it looks like going on a plane. There's a lot more yellow. But in the... the is there is a, is there is a space station. There are, there are space stations. Also, the thing that is truly quite amazing about 2001, it was made before man went to the moon. So he... So he did predict that. He did sort of make it look like... Oh, how you've we gone into full spaces. geek mode. You've gone into full, like... I'm just defending... <laughs> 2001, which no one has said is the worst of all time. Well, no, because I know what you're trying... You want me to talk about yeah, trashy no, films. Listen, I want but, you to... But I, I can only speak have. from my own experience. And I know that it's a piece of beautiful cinematography. I know... Yeah. I know who he is. I know the man, the Kubrick man. I sure. know. But I was bored <laughs> shitless throughout 2001. <laughs> and I can okay. admire it. What's the, there's a good question. Mm. You can admire something that you're bored out of your brains through. Yeah. I mean, I re, the phrase, I won't get that time back now, which is an overused expression. Yeah. But I meant it most sincerely when I walked out of the BFI after that. Mm. I, I, I went through all the things I could have been doing whilst I was watching it. Can you give me a couple of examples? <sighs> could have got on with maybe episode four of The Wire. Now, could have been okay. Could have been learning a musical instrument. I could yeah. have been... Chatting to my friends. So, so Ben, your husband, your poor, let's call him what he is, a poor, long-suffering <laughs> husband. <laughs> Hostage. He, he sat there watching his favorite, one of his favourite films yeah. in ecstasy, yeah. thinking, I hope she's sharing in this hope moment. Hope we can share this Was experience. it clear during the film that you were yeah, bored out your nuts? Yeah, because I was doing nuts? this. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like, really awful right. noises. Made oh. it very clear that I wasn't happy. Poor, poor Ben. Poor Ben. Poor Ben. It is I boring, Brett. It is boring. I, I mean, do you ever watch it for pleasure? 
Listen, I left it very late to see because I wanted to see it on the big screen. And I saw it at the BFI, probably the same. I was probably, probably the same did you hear screen. me? A couple of rows behind I you. I did think, is there, <gasps> is there a walrus? I thought someone's <laughs> hyperventilating at the back. I hope someone's okay. in labour. No, what I thought was someone's orgasming. They love it so much. <laughs> what is with that last bit, the screensaver section? What is that? What does it mean? Well, I mean, I don't care what it means. Why are you putting me through that as a filmmaker? Uh, leaving you room to dream. But I dream. I don't need him to access <laughs> dreams for me. Right. You just want you sort of wanted someone to walk in and go. It was like a lava lamp. It's all about it's all about time, isn't it? It was it it was like a lava lamp. It was like watching a lava lamp with music. Mm. Like being stoned. There we are. It's yeah. a film to watch stoned, isn't it? It's a well, stoned the tagline film. was the ultimate trip. Well there we are. So you're you're on the right line. Well I wish I'd got stoned before I saw it. Well, that would have helped enormously. I'm gonna text Ben. She wants to go again. Bring weed. <laughs> Please don't stuff. do that. I beg of you. Don't, I don't doing, ever want to see that film right again. Now. But I did like others of his films, but not that one. Okay. I'm sure he'll be over the moon if he were not dead to get my approval about oh, you're seeing the him others in, in, of his films. In heaven, where you're talking about film, he's going to oh, be in yeah. the background. What the fuck? I'll be like Stanley. Some of them were marvellous. Love The Shining. Great times. But Peter O'Toole's going, Lawrence Arabia again? You go, fuck off, mate. I'm busy. Still, <laughs> can we have the wire on in here? Is it only films? <laughs> no, it's only film. I think you have to be firm about that. Yeah. So I won't be able to watch The Sopranos up there, will I? No, so get on with it. Just watch Goodfellas again. What film? <laughs> what film is the funniest? What film made you laugh the most? What film made you, Kerry Goldman, mm. one of the finest comics of our generation, what Ooh. made you Praise indeed. laugh the most? That's hard because I don't laugh easily. I, I don't <laughs> laugh. Cry easily. I cry really easily, I've and I don't you know if you're gigs. like this since doing comedy. Mm. When I was a comedy fan, yeah. I would sit up the front at comedy gigs and laugh and laugh and be happy. Now I stand at the back like an Easter Island, going, "Oh yeah, I see what you're doing." <laughs> like I don't access the laughter now that I am a, yeah. you know, cross human of the laughter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's harder. Yeah. To laugh. Yeah. Because you see. Humour coming very slowly towards you. <laughs> and you go, oh, I see, I yeah. see this. So this is hard for me because I don't laugh. I don't laugh. Like my kids all watch funny films and then look at me and go, why aren't you laughing, mummy? Mm. I'm like, because I don't laugh. I'm a robot. I'm remembering 2001. <laughs> <laughs> so I do struggle to laugh. But films that I've had lots of laughter in laughing inside yeah. that I think is objectively very funny. A standout one for me is Tootsie. Oh, I love Tootsie. I think okay. it's very, very funny. And it's got lines in it that can still make me chuckle now. Okay. And Woody Allen films. And I know we're all going through a lot of stuff with Woody Allen now. But Annie Hall and mm. Hannah and her sisters and films like that. I just find them very, very funny. And you're okay with... I'm, well, no, I'm not comfortable with it. Because obviously, you know, it's upsetting what's going on with a lot of people. A lot of my heroes have gone down. Mm. And that's sad times, isn't it? And we all need to look for new heroes. But I can't deny that I've had lots of good times with some of those heroes. Yeah. And they really made me laugh. So Tootsie and Woody Allen, maybe, I don't know, Annie Hall. One question for you. Yes. Um, you're incorrect. The, the funniest film of all time is This Is Spinal Tap. Uh, but thank you for playing. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, is it? Well, no. What's Can I do my name drop now about Christopher Guest? Well, yes. Yeah. And why don't you, please? Yes. So, so my, maybe it would seem sycophantic if I said Spinal Tap because he's bound to listen to this. Yeah. So everyone, <laughs> everyone else ultimately said, we, we, we debate it and we end up, well, yeah, of course it's Spinal yeah, Tap. Yeah, no, that is a great, of Now, course, for those of you who've not seen it, uh, Kerry Godleyman is in Mascots, which is a film directed by Christopher Guest. You can see it on Netflix. 
Tell me about that experience. Oh, it was amazing. Dream come true. And yeah. I wanted it to be like Spinal Tap. <laughs> That's, yeah. of course, what I wanted it to be. But Spinal Tap already existed. So right. I'm in a different film, which right. is called Mascots. And it's about mascots. So you couldn't just so that, write Spinal so Tap. So it was very difficult to be around uh, Mr. Guest because... Obviously, in my head, he was... What's the character called? Christopher Hobbins? Or, what's his no, character that's, called? He, he's named Nigel Tufnell. Nigel Tufnell. So, to me, he's Nigel Tufnell. Yeah. And I want him to do that. I want him to do the lines from Spinal Tap all the time. And sometimes he sort of does, because it's obviously... Really? Well, it, it's like if Mr Gervais does Brent, he kind of it keeps yeah. those characters close. They're kind of those... I'm sure it's the same with Coogan and Alan Partridge. Like, yeah. those characters maybe a close to them all the time so they can mm. slip into those voices so if christopher guest does an english accent it's nigel right and and it's a joy to be near oh, i like that yeah it's really fun so you because that's a one when you got that job you know that's a bit like a sort of ken loach you're going in going oh I yeah know dream the, come true and yeah. unlike the ken loach nightmare i didn't have to audition for it uh, i mean it was a dream experience yeah. because it was a telephone call saying would you like to go to la for five weeks and be in a Christopher Guest film because mm. he saw you in Derek and he wanted you to be in his next film. So it was That's amazing. amazing. It was yeah. amazing. And that was the first time I'd ever been to LA and loved it there. Did you feel uh, like was day one really scary and pressure? And- no, I was excited throughout. Ah. Because I was with Tom, who played my husband. Tom Bennett. Tom Bennett. And he'd worked with Wonderful him before. Actor. Wonderful actor. And he'd worked with Christopher Guest before. So he kind of talked me through what did he do? Oh, on family, family tree. tree. Yeah. So he was like, you know, don't be scared and blah, blah, blah. And that I'd been made to feel very welcome. Of course, it was a bit nerve-wracking because mm. there's no script, so you're improvising, so you kind of don't want to fuck up. But I felt in very safe hands. Does he go like, do that again, do the bit you were talking about? No, you're left good. to do loads for the first take. Yeah. And you just go on for probably too long and dick about yes and then he does do what you said he comes and you do another take and he says i like that i like that do that again i'm not sure about that or whatever is it ever this line say that line again no never that specific no never so every time you did it again even though you're doing a similar sort of point you might say it completely differently it's my dream because it's bullet pointed direct like it's it's operating in bullet points so you're you have to learn the lines you're sort of using your own language right but you do have to hit the exposition and the characters sort of bullet points. And there's a, there's a scene, this scene is about, in this scene you need yes. to do this. So in this okay. scene, like I suppose a classic Christopher Guest scene is the talking heads stuff. Yeah. So in this scene, you need to talk about how you met and you need to talk about why you're going to California to be part of this mascot competition. And, you know, you need to cover some ground, but along the way, have fun. But how you met isn't set. Nope. Stuff like that isn't no, set. I can't, no, I don't think it was. I don't think it was, no. Right. So, yeah, it's quite improvised, but you do follow bullet points, which I'm over the moon about. Well, it is everything you wanted. Yeah, everything I could possibly want from an experience. Kay Godlyman. Yeah. I think you've... I'm just looking over the results, just totting them up. <laughs> did, did it, yes, you've passed, you've passed. Oh, God, uh, thank God for that. Yeah, no, you did it. I was it, really you did nervous. It, you I was lost... more nervous than I was at the Ken Loach audition. Yeah, well, I've got a similar vibe. Now, you've been wonderful. Thanks. Thanks for coming here. Uh, the thing is, when... You meditated yourself to death. Yeah. Your head, in the, all the enlightenment, it sort of exploded sort of sideways and, yeah. and outwards like the sun. Shit. So when we were putting you in your coffin, there was just so much mass because you'd sort of enlightenedly <laughs> exploded. Thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's only room for one DVD in the coffin. 
that it's going to go with you to okay. the other side. So it doesn't have to be any of the films you've stated, or it can be one of them, but what film are you oh. going to take to heaven with you to show when it's your night on screening night? With Peter O'Toole and Stanley Kubrick. Peter's there. They, they're probably going to be like, well, this better be fucking good <laughs> if it's not Lawrence of Arabia 2001. I keep saying Lawrence of Arabia, by the way. <laughs> Because you that do that a, ironically. No, that is mistake. a porn film and well, it's now, stuck in my head. Is that the real porn yeah, film? Yeah, Lawrence of Halabia. Oh, brilliant. I'm over the moon. <laughs> oh, now that. you're into porn. Now I'm into porn. Because there's loads of puns in porn, isn't there? Yeah, shaving Ryan's oh, privates, Oh, brilliant. So it's worth it for the pun times. You'd like to write titles in porn films, I think. Oh, wow. If the acting ever dries up. Yeah, I'd be over the moon with that. Yeah, you could be a titler. Anyway, what DVD will you be taking with you? Um, maybe Tootsie. Lovely choice. Thanks, mate. You're going to take Tootsie and off you go to heaven. To heaven. Uh, film heaven. Film heaven. You'll, you'll bump into Mark Hamill, who also meditates. Well, he'll be up today. there because he meditated himself up there, didn't he? <laughs> he meditated himself today. He'll be like, oh, you did it too. I'm glad I inspired you. A lot of people did, found, didn't like that bit. As screen deaths go, that is a belter. Most people hate it. I thought it was great. Meditate yeah, what are the others? But what, if you're going to die and I get to choose how I go... Yeah. Yes, please. That way, that that's not being shot in the head or knocked over or poisoned or anything upsetting. I think it's a lovely answer. Thanks, mate. And um, I uh, wish you well on the other side, and I hope that. Are you going to be there? Uh, eventually, I've got to do a few more of these before I go. You're just going to go to podcast heaven and do podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm just waiting. I've got to get there's a separate room. I'm doing Peter O'Toole and Stanley Kubrick, and Kubrick's still moody. The only way I'll get to see you, even in the afterlife, is yeah. to do podcasts with you. Come into the podcast room and talk about how the screening went. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's better than real life conversations, isn't yeah, it? Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming. Pleasure. Good luck in life, your life, and the afterlife. Thank you and, very much. Um, I remain. Thanks for having me as a guest, Brett. I remain forever yours, <laughs> and by yours I mean Ben's. Thank you very much. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> So that was episode seven. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to Carrie Godlyman for coming over. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing and editing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the artwork. Come back next week for more films to be buried with, with the brilliant Ola the Comedian. In the meantime, if you do like the show, please subscribe. Give it a five-star rating. It all helps. I don't know why, but it does. Come on, mate. Don't be stingy with the stars. Give it five stars. We can all get on with our lives. I very much appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful week. And remember, please, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more. Online 
and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.